With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We made this. Hello and welcome to the Den of Ten on the We Made This Network. On the Den of Ten we create top ten lists of all things in culture from video games, movies, music and many other subjects. If you're an avid listener to our podcast then please don't hesitate to engage with any of our topics on the social media platforms and give us a five star review on whichever platform you use to listen to us. This is episode 60. My name is Ed G and I will be, as always, accompanied by my co-host Samuel G. Stokeworth of <laughs> Ipswich. How are you doing, Sam? Yeah, um, I'm slightly annoyed because only the first name of that waffle was correct. Um, no, good. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. I mean, so it feels like it feels like New Year's Eve, you know, because it's the end of the season. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of um, it's gonna be sad to uh, see the end of the season, but it's ex- very exciting topic. And then a new season will come round, and that will be very exciting too. So yeah, yeah, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. And as you say, this is the end of a season, and these things they always remind you of the grim passage of of time, and that we've uh, <laughs> we've not got long left on this <laughs> mortal <laughs> coil. So far. Um, and. Uh, but then again, as you say, it's an opportunity, like the passing of the seasons, to start a new episode and to birth, to look forward to birthing something fresh into the into the depressing, grim world in which we live, to brighten up people's <laughs> days. Um, oh yeah. no, he's gone full partridge. You never go full partridge. You never go full partridge. So um, yeah, we've got a really good uh, topic for you a hefty topic something that we've been building up to kind of through the season with our various um, 90s uh, music episodes there's a little 90s noise coming from the den door Sam should we tickle it and see what's in there oh I'm not going to tickle it I'm going to bash the fucker in let's get in there come on yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay let's go let's have a look in the den 
As we enter the den this week, our retinas are greeted with the scarcity of photons akin to a dank cave in the bowels of the earth. <laughs> this den is no cave, however, and as our pupils dilate in their bid to capture more light, we can make out long, moodily illuminated rows of nipple-high display shelves, palisaded by moist black poster-strewn walls that disappear into the fog of inadequate ventilation. <laughs> Each of the den's plantation ranks is being tentatively cultivated by an army of shadowy patrons, moving in an asynchronous waddle, and with their facial features obscured by greasy curtains of rebelliously coloured hair, we observe as the looming creatures move down the aisles, all the time scanning in a seemingly arbitrary fashion the items beneath them, then occasionally stopping dead and extending a sun-shy, fun-fair, pincer-like limb out into the light to seize one of the numerous plastic boxes and draw it up through their lag hair into optical range for closer scrutiny. <laughs> we decide to enter one of the innumerable lanes, plunging ourselves into the neon purple aura of a canine music listener. Beneath us now, a far-reaching empire of musical delights, available on cassette, compact disc, vinyl and even mini-disc, all enveloped in price-tagged plastic film. A varied palette of colourful colours and imaginative images flow up to bait our curiosity carp. Our senses so overloaded we barely notice the Britpop anthem flowing into the space above our heads from an invisible source. We find ourselves gleefully lost in this dark and delicious den of seemingly infinite bounty, accepting the loss of hours of fluid time with passive alacrity as we scour this glorious decade's sonic delicacies with narcotic intensity. We are determined to distill the vast array of compilations into a collection of 10 best, some on a 5 for 20 pounds offer, some not, before our lungs <laughs> guide us up the fresh air gradient to the tills. You're listening to Radio 4, and that was a poem <laughs> called A Trip to the Music Store by Franz Kafka. <laughs> Glanz Kafka. That was Kafka-esque, and um, very evocative. Of course, uh, I felt I was there. I had a mild trip while listening to you speak. I think what happened there was uh, I conjured up a, a, a again a memory, and then I got a bit carried away. But um, yeah, that was that was why not? That was trying to be a that was a, a 90s HMV dank HMV store. Uh, we've all been there, sifting through the plastic boxes of the. Uh, various albums that were on show and as the description states here we are to distill a whole decade's worth of music albums into a top 10 obviously totally subjective top 10 of any kind of genre of music as well so we've done um, songs or albums of various genres in this uh, in this decade but this is the whole decade this is a big one how was it for you, Sam, making this list? Yeah, I mean, obviously it was a fun nightmare, you know, because I listened to some of my favourite music ever in preparation, but that's a double-edged sword because it makes it impossible, really, really difficult um, to, to do it. I love music from all time periods, really, but, you know, where my passion is greatest and my knowledge is deepest is in the 90s and 2000s I would say <clears throat> the best night albums of the 2000s was a 
really, really difficult list to make, and this was just as difficult. So, yeah, like I said, a bit of a fun nightmare. As I usually do with music lists, I've gone for a kind of, you know, a slight, um, a slight bias towards personal taste, or well, a, a, a reasonable bias towards personal taste. But I've tried to kind of add a, you know, inject a little bit of subjective, so, sorry, objectivity or wider consensus into some of my decisions. So, what about you? Very similar. Um, I tried. I decided in my plight to try and divide my list a little bit up into things that I personally love. I wasn't a big album listener in the 90s. Um, in the actual decade as it passed by, I listened mainly to the 90s albums in the 2000s in terms of deep dives into the albums themselves. Um, and again, yeah, in research, I've, I've found albums that I, I listen to or music that I really appreciate that's highly rated, highly appreciated in other li- lists and um, given them some heft to try and create a, you know, a dense biscuit of quality. Uh, something that I'd like to, or be proud to give to some random person born in 2000 mm-hmm. who never listened to a single 90s song and say, have it. Yeah, I'm curious what you've got. And looking forward to talking about some awesome music. So what we've done with these lists uh, this week is we've got some of the album song titles in a kind of, I guess, uh, ascending order of well-knownness. And we're going to play a little guessing game with the albums. Um, And then we're going to say our favourite song from each of the albums that we've picked. Are you ready to start us off, Sam? Yeah, I can I can go. I can go with my number 10. Off you go, son. Alright, so going through some track lists, as you said, in ascending order of recognisability. Release, Deep, Garden, Oceans, Porch, Portishead. Why Go, oh, no. um, Release, Once, Black, Jeremy, Alive, Oh, um, Even Flow. No. <laughs> no. Ah, no. No, my brain not working. Um, right, so I've been a bit, I've been a bit clever here. So at my, my number ten is the album Ten by Pearl Jam. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Yes. So those were all of the tracks. Many. I love, obviously, because it's made my top ten. I am going for the track, which I recommended to you in a previous episode, as a potential way in to Pearl Jam. Um, I've gone for the song Black as my favourite track, today at least. <laughs> it's funny, uh, Pearl Jam just passed me totally by. And I've, I've I've listened to some of their songs, I know some of their songs, but I've never done the never given them the rigorous listening that they probably deserve that would see me appreciate what they do my number 10 and this is one of the genre ones I wanted to go well you know the justification will come later (laughs) so my number 10 something the boy said seven days love is stronger than justice Mm. if I ever lose my faith 
It's probably me. She's too good for me. Shape of my heart. Oh. Everybody laugh, but you, yeah, Fields of Gold. That's I don't sting. know any Sting albums. <laughs> Ten Summoners Tales was the Sting album that, um, well, I listened to it so much as a kid because my parents played it all the time. That kind of ingrained it into my head and I've listened to it a couple of times since and I wanted to get a pop album in there um, or it's like a songwriter uh, album in there. And I think he was one of the one of the decade's best um, solo artists. Um, and that was a, an album with a bit of a personal connection. So I like the name of the album. Ten Summoners Tales at number ten. You've also been a bit smart, haven't you, with your, yeah. having the number ten involved? Yeah. Look at us go. Okay. My number nine. Some song titles coming at ya. It ain't hard to tell. Represent. One time for your mind. <laughs> Memory Lane sitting in the park. One love. The Genesis. Half time. The world is yours. Life's a bitch. NY state of mind. Yeah. This is um Again, you're gonna to have to tell me. I I could guess uh, at. Um, oh, go on, put me out of my misery. <laughs> this is talking about genre choices. This is my hip hop genre choice because I don't think you can talk about the '90s really without at least mentioning hip hop. I thought about going for a Tribe Called Quest pick, but I went with this, which is Illmatic by Nas, and. Um, NY State of Mind is my song of choice because it has the that, the bass line which is pure just kind of like acid jazz feels which is what makes this album in my opinion so good. It's like a little bit it reminds me of uh, you know like GTA San Andreas cruising around yeah. in the hood in the 90s. Yeah, but sophisticated at the same time. Yeah. Just a great album. My number nine. Okay. Overdue. Escape. Cave. Philip. Sober. Oh. This is me. Moose. <laughs> this is Moose. Moosley. Uno. Moose. Unintended. Muscle Museum. Sunburn. And Showbiz. Oh, I didn't say, by the way, my number 10, Sting. My favourite song on that oh. album is, as I've listen to it today still fields of gold just absolutely gorgeous song and my my, num- my number nine is showbiz by muse this was one of my personal picks one of my favorite bands released their first album 1999 showbiz my favorite song is still sunburn the opening mm. song because mm. it's just yeah just sets the tone for amazing decade of muse music to come um, yes so yeah that's my number nine okay so my number eight probably a little bit easier to guess than the last one um and some interesting song titles coming at you untitled <laughs> ghost the fool communist daughter oh comely holland 1945 two-headed boy the King of Carrot Flowers. 
in the aeroplane over the sea. Why the hell is this not ringing any bells? It is ringing bells, that's the problem. It should be by now. Because that is the title track. (laughs) Okay. Go, hit me. So yeah, In the the Aeroplane Over the Sea um, is the album by Neutral Milk Hotel from 1998 as my kind of uh, indie pick. Okay. Um, And my favourite track is the title track. It just has to be, even though... You know, the whole album's great. In the Aeroplane Over the Sea is just a stunning, stunning song. Okay, I'm going to have to give that a listen. It's funny that uh, we've got some different radars going on here for this decade. (laughs) Okay, my number eight, as you're probably about to find out with the genre shift. Halo, Blue Dress, Dangerous, ironically titled Clean. Waiting for the Night, Policy of Truth, World in My Eyes, Sweetest Perfection, Personal Jesus, Oh, Enjoy the Silence. This is um, Violator by Depeche Mode. Absolutely. Yes, it is. Great. From 1990, kicking off the, the decade of mainstream electronic music yes and your favorite track my favorite track enjoy the silence i know that's uh pretty cliche uh there's some really nice um kind of uh really atmospheric songs on this on this album with loads of when you listen to it you realize how many how many influences it had in the in the artists that i love in the decades since but no i just that's for me perfection in kind of pop electro enjoy the silence yeah solid um my number seven these tracks are interesting to say i actium delphium head felum <laughs> uh, ptolemy is this shotkey uh, seventh path <laughs> is this an apex twin album by any yeah, chance it is. is it uh, the I'm going to guess the one of the ambient ones it's not ambient 2 because I think ambient 2 is just numbers numbered so ambient 1 yeah yeah it's selected ambient works 1 or selected ambient works 85 to 92 1992 album um, and my favourite track from that is Heliospan <laughs> yes Again, flitting between genres like a table tennis ball at Wimbledon. <laughs> My number seven, Eternal Life, Corpus Christi Carol, Dream this Bro- is, this is This is Grace by Jeff Buckley. Yes, it is. <laughs> Too easy. Yes, it is. And uh, this is a difficult one. My favourite song on this, I still... I think the song that I listen to most in this album is Mojo Pin, weirdly. Mm. Um, I just love it. It has the kind of like floating, dreamlike quality to it. Um, yeah. That I, I love. You, you get to really feel all the range of his, and the stretch of his voice uh, in that song. So, uh, yeah, absolutely love, love that album. An album I've not listened to 
an awful lot until really recently and um well recently but um yeah absolutely crazy good that's great that is great your number six please okay my number six might be another another tricky one we'll see sometimes i only said blown a wish what you want come in alone to hear knows when touched only shallow luma when you sleep soon nope <laughs> nope not not a clue i'm afraid all right yeah tricky um so that's loveless the 1991 album by by my bloody valentine uh, um and another, another radar yeah i mean if you've gone down the shoegaze rabbit hole you know you come to it and um it's it's just it's uh it's massive and it's royalty and um quite uniquely arguably the most famous track off it is the last one soon and that's um that's the one i'm going for is my favorite track it's really the song that not just got me into the band but got me into shoegaze so yeah there it is my number 6 yeah this this album popped up quite a lot when i was doing research and in some lists this was the, rated as the the best yeah, I think in the pitchfork. Yeah, yeah, I think it was the top one. Basically, credited it with essentially sparking shoegaze, you know, decade really. So, yeah, it's it's a revolutionary album. It is. Yeah. Okay. My number six. Okay. Biscuit, pedestal. It could be sweet. Ooh. Strangers. I know what this is. Num- this is Dummy by Portishead. said. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, my favourite song from this album is Sour Times. One of the... Oh, great. One of the fav- you know, one of the better known songs, but still, yeah. I just... Uh, I find the spirit of the album kind of in that song. So, yeah. I listened to that album today on the way home from work and it's just yeah it's just great it's just, <laughs> it's just so unique, good. unique isn't it it's just difficult to compare to anything else really yeah so we enter into the top five Sam what have you got for us wow I've got a uh, a beast of an album at number five let me let me give you the song titles the greeting song naked in the rain the Righteous and the Wicked, My Lovely Man, Apache Rose Peacock, Sir Psycho Sexy, Mellow Ship Slinky and B Major, um, this was ringing a bell. The Power of Equality, If You Have to Ask, Suck My Kiss. Ah, oh, this is Sex Sugar Blood Magic, is it or something? <laughs> yeah, Blood Sugar Sex Magic. <laughs> but I always get those words mixed up. Blood sugar sex magic. Yeah, chili peppers. Yeah. One of just like the last my last pick, the another nineteen ninety one album. And I found it very I mean they're one of my all time favourite bands and this album is incredible. I find it found it very difficult to pick a song. Um this will definitely change from day to day. 
I tried to pick one that just summarized where their sound was at that moment and the channeled the energy that made this album so great. So I went for Suck My Kiss. Suck My Kiss, indeed. Right then, <laughs> my number five is as follows. Hey Now, Roll With It, Hello, Cast No Shadow. Some um, might say... What's the story, Morning Glory? Yes, that's right. Uh, it was a difficult decision. Uh, I wasn't a massive Oasis fan, but I really appreciated Oasis. Listened to their albums, loved the the Manchester vibe. Some of the songs I really loved, and most of the songs that I really liked were on "What's the Story?" "What's the Story?" "Morning Glory." Mm. Um, and my favourite song is "She's Electric." Um, She's electric. She's from Manchester. Um, but yeah so that's that one from 1995 your number four Sam my number four could be another bit of a tricky one for you let's give it a go Um, 21st century poem Storm 3000 Black Flute Inspection (laughs) Check 1 Melt Open Up Space Shanty Song of Life, original, Afro left, release the pressure. Is that orbital? No, you're not a million miles away though. <laughs> uh, oh god, my brain! You're gonna have to go. Covid, <laughs> covid has ravaged my mind. <laughs> so uh, yeah, this is possibly my favourite electronic album of all time. Uh, Leftism. By Left oh, Field, Field. nineteen ninety-five album. We were literally talking about this last week. <laughs> yeah, the brain fog is real. Um, my favorite track on this album has pretty much always been uh, "Song of Life," which I think is basically a perfect electronic song. Sticking a similar kind of instrument, the range. My number four, Machete, Seven, Run On, Honey, Find My Baby, Body Rock, Natural Blues. This this is Play by Moby. It is Play by Moby, number four. I'm going to find my baby. Ooh! (laughs) (laughs) Um, So much soul in that album. And yeah, my favourite song again, I'm... Not ripping up any trees here by saying porcelain, but uh, for me, mm-hmm. just yeah, soul penetrating sounds. Great choice. Top three. So, normally, what I'd say at this point is, uh, Sam, is there some kind of 90s noise that you can hear? Can you hear some kind of 90s noise? What would a 90s, yeah. what would a 90s noise be? Well, it sounds like um, Richard D. James, Stone Gossard from Pearl Jam, and Johnny Greenwood have collaborated on a post-ambient um, visual or audio-visual experience, and uh, we're he- hearing it being played in a local art cinema. And they're getting Liam Gallagher to sing through one of those voice things that you get, give to a person with no vocal cords. 
That's haunting. Actually, no, it's not. So it's not that. It's the it's it's the it's the top three clacks, and we we're in the top three again. Sixty episodes, and we can't just recognise it first time. Can't just can we not just seamlessly transition into the top three <laughs> like all other podcasts? Right well, then. Lack of seamless transition aside, I have got my number three ready. If you'd like to hear it. Yes. Hit me. So here we go. With your rhythm stick. Come on, you you can get this one fast. You can get this one fast. Come on. Okay. Uh, on a plane, stay away, lounge act, territorial pissings. Never mind. If I know that. Yes, yes, that's Can't, never mind. I cannot forget that that song name. Yes, and I wanted to be um, when I was thinking about this list and I was thinking about never mind. Part of me wanted to be a bit like you know a bit a bit like unpredictable, and I'm not going to put never mind that high. And then I re-listened to it, and I went. It's bloody good, isn't it? <laughs> There's a reason it's um, it's it's unbelievably popular. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, there is a reason for that. Um, this is another one like Blood Sugar Sex Magic, where my favourite song would differ on a day-to-day basis. Uh, you'll appreciate the one I've gone for, Ed. I've gone for Polly. Ah, thank you. My wife's name. <laughs> is it? Is there any? Obviously, it's nothing to do with her. It's the, I guess, it's the song <laughs> that you like. Yes, it is. Uh, it is the song itself. It's just incredible. I just love uh, Kurt just freaking screaming, just you know, like as he does for most of the album. But on this song, it's particularly visceral and awesome. Well, my number three. Uh, the way I've written this now is going to be okay. So that. Anyway, I'm just going to get on with it. So my first one, Polly, on a plane, <laughs> stay away, something in the way. Oh, never mind, Ed. Yeah, it's all right. Thank you. Yeah. So both <laughs> of our number threes there are oh, Never Mind by Nirvana. Entering Nirvana, the top three, with Nirvana. Um, hey. My favourite song at the moment listening to this is Lithium. Um mm just like the understatedness of it as it then builds into the classic grungy you know emotive grunge thrashing of the chorus um, yeah. and that bass line yeah just absolutely love it as do I Sam let's inspect your number two <laughs> yes doctor I mean yes Ed so let me give you some track names this should not be difficult for you Dream Brother, Eternal Life, Corpus Christi Carol, Lover You Should Have Come Over. Yeah. <laughs> his name is. is the, uh, his name old is. Old Man from Family Guy. His name is Jeff. <laughs> his name is Jeff Buckley. Um, his name is Jeff Buckley. Wow, you've gone, you've gone for number two for, for Jeff. You put Big Jeff up at the tops. Nice. <laughs> J Dog. J Dog there. J Bizzle. Jizzy Dizzy. On the busy. <laughs> um, yes. Um, as came up on a previous episode, looking at '90s songs, I just can't choose a, another song. But "Lover, You Should Have Come Over" for my my favourite. Although they're all absolutely amazing. My number two. I'm gonna. There's actually a couple of red herrings in here for you. Ooh. So if you like your herrings red. 
the redder the better. So, around the world. Yeah. Porcelain. Okay, okay. Californication. Yes. Well done. <laughs> well done. 1999's Californication. It was a flip of a coin for me between this and uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic, as I never actually can say. But I prefer this as an album, as you could probably tell. I didn't know a huge amount of the album songs very well on the, on Blood Sugar Sex Magic, whereas this is an album for me, I much prefer, um, even though probably less important, less raw. This is when they were kind of in their polished rock pop stride towards the end of the decade. But um, uh, what an amazing album. My favourite song is so hard to pick but I'm just going to go with my gut um, the one I've listened to the most Scar Tissue yeah just that the way that he strums that guitar my favourite guitarist of all time the reason I started playing and songs like that were the vehicle (laughs) well Sam we've come to number one and I'm noticing there is a (laughs) massive (laughs) <laughs> massive elephant in the room so yeah do you want to go first I really didn't want us to be this predictable shock but people here shock people I think everybody knows we're massive and I mean massive share fans so yeah. it shouldn't surprise anyone right exactly but you know let me, let me just let me just get out of the way with some with some song titles the Tourist. Should I go on? <laughs> no. Well, yeah. You know, Lucky. Electioneering. Climbing up. Quite a difficult to earring walls. to get in. It's quite big. Or, <laughs> or if it, is that the one you put in when you go to vote? My electioneering. Exactly. Yeah, that's my electioneering. Just the one. Yeah. Anyway, this is OK Computer by Radiohead. <laughs> yeah. Your favourite song? Yeah, I've um, I wanted to, I wanted to, I don't know, make an interesting pick, but at the same time, I didn't go out my way. Uh, th- this really is a song that is just incredibly, incredibly wonderful and perfect. <laughs> um, just you probably wouldn't guess it to be my pick. It's uh, let down. Yeah, no, no, that's that's pretty much vying for my top as well and uh, especially because I've just been watching The Bear on Disney Plus and their use of the song Let Down in their final mm. episode of season one this is what Radiohead when, act, when properly used can do to television it elevated the entire thing to another level it went from being a good show to a great show in that one montage because of the way that they used that that song let down so it just shows you the power of the power of Radiohead it's such a good song that I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about that song right now yeah so which Celine Dion album is your number one Ed? Uh, songs for the no I uh, <laughs> songs for the songs for the dead Canadian songs for the Canadian songs for the Canadian songs for the Canadian Um, (laughs) so I've gone for uh, okay 
Fittier, happier. <laughs> okay, computer. Um, favorite track. My favorite track. As I say, difficult to say between let down and, but always gets me on a deep level. Karma, please. Just the bass, that start, that first ten seconds is so good. Well, we've we've been predictable, but I do not apologise for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, well, that's what we do. We we make subjects and we use our our human subjective experience to form <laughs> the answers. You know, what else can we do? Uh, if, when you ask Alan Shearer, was that a good goal? He'll rate it based on all the other goals he's seen. And say a load of bullshit. Um, so that's what you get with Alan Shearer. We are Alan Shearer. Good segue from Radiohead to Alan Shearer there. That's it. Did you know Alan Shearer was in the backing vocals for Paranoid Android? <laughs> oh, yeah, surely it would have been way more Geordie. <laughs> was that was the B side? Um, right then. At this point, we've outlined our tents, and they are standing opposite each other around the centre circle of a musical football field, waiting to commence battle. Um, we'll go away for a couple of minutes, and we're just going to set the field, whittle it down a little bit, and then present to you, through the medium of debate, our <laughs> collaborative top ten something that we hope to hold high at the end of this season three episode with pride and pass on into society our lives could end tomorrow and we will have we will have uh, performed some heroic task in presenting this to the wider public so see you shortly It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, guys, welcome back. We've had our preliminary lineup chat. And what we've decided to do is sort... We've only got a few points of crossover. Those things usually get sorted towards the top of the list. Uh, in this case, they're pretty heavyweight. So, yeah, that's not a problem. And it leaves us with some problems in the bottom of our list getting started uh, from 10 to 5. What we're going to do is we're going to pick two albums from each other's lists and then whatever's left uh, we're going to pick one of our favourites from our own list um, from the remaining albums and then 
sort those in a hopefully not too painstaking fashion from 10 to 5 and then we'll start to talk about the top 5 or the top 4 how does that sound Sam? sounds like it's going to be tricky but great let's do it so what two albums have you selected from my 10 to go into this 10 to 5 well the first one is easy because one of yours is essentially my number 11 I made a very long list and I think I got that down at one point to about 16 and then painfully got 16 down to 10 and the last one was Dummy by Portishead so you know and it, it it's very fitting as well because the whole trip hop movement was was very 90s the sound is just quintessentially 90s and it's a very unique and, and very famous and um, iconic album I guess for lack of a better word so Dummy, it is a fantastic album. I'd like to pick that. My second choice is a bit trickier. I'm I'm trying to maybe pick what's best for the list in terms of, of balance and maybe kind of genre representation. I think with Showbiz by Muse, we talked about Muse a lot in the 2000s um, episodes. Depeche Mode, I'm, that's a fantastic album. I'm tempted. I'm very tempted. Play by Moby. I'm not sure. Maybe we'll have it's high up your list, but maybe we'll have other electronic representation. We'll see. We'll see about that. And I guess the other one, what's the story of Morning Glory? In my kind of 16 that I had at one point, I I had Oasis, but it was definitely maybe. Um, and if it, if it had been it had been what's the story of Morning Glory, that might have screamed out at me a bit more. Yeah. So, I think. Uh, I, I do I do reserve the right to maybe change this when we see what the list is gonna look like a bit more clearly. But I think we're not we're talking nineties. I, I think I think Britpop kinda has to be represented. Yeah. For that reason mainly, I'm gonna say what's the story Morning Glory. Okay. Okay. Which is a banging album and I remember even before I really played a lot of guitar. Before I played guitar I played piano. And I had like a piano book of Oasis songs, and it was it was basically just that album, right? Because so many of the big hits came from that album. Even though I think I slightly prefer definitely maybe, but I remember having a lot of fun learning those songs on piano. They are proper great pop rock songs, that brilliantly written, brilliantly brilliantly written songs. Noel Gallagher is an amazing songwriter, no doubt about it. That's a great album. When I was trying to rank this in the list, again, if this was a purely, if this wasn't such a big topic that gives you this kind of sense that you have to, you know, be a little bit more objective about it, it would have been lower down, if not not in my top 10 at all. But I think when you look at the album, it's one of those that suffers a little bit from its own success because you see Wonderwall and Don't Look Back in Anger and Champagne Supernova. And you think, oh, you know, you know what I mean? That that there's such massive songs. It's almost like you've heard them so many times. There's nothing exciting there yeah. anymore. But when you look at it from a perspective of this was an album that came out with the songs that they're still playing again and again and again and again in parties and on radio stations across the planet every single day. Um, what would it have been like to? 
to appreciate this album in 1995 when it came out in the moment when it started to take off you, you yeah that, that that's what made me push it so high because I started to appreciate um just as you said how much brilliant pop rock songwriting is in that album um they they wrote so many massive tunes in that one in that one yeah in that one album yeah they really did my favorite oasis songs aren't on this album but as an album i think this this one stands out for me the best but yeah so okay we've both so I, i've i've picked from yours um selected ambient works one by fx twin because i think not only is it the album on your list that i've listened to more than the others we've talked recent weeks how much we both appreciate and, and love uh, Aphex Twins stuff especially the ambient stuff and it adds a, a little bit of a you know something a little bit different into the list um, and I've my second pick from yours is Loveless by My Bloody Valentine not through any necessarily personal love as, as far as I haven't given it the chance to love it so to speak but mainly because in my wider research as I said it came so high up so many lists and I know people in my family and friends who adore Shoegaze and adore this album and a lot of the music I like uh, in the 2000s had Shoegaze elements that are definitely derived from um, this era so Loveless by My Bloody Valentine is my pick my second pick from your yeah. your list, Sam. What are you going to take from what's left? <laughs> well, carcass. I feel it's a bit of a difficult, difficult situation. I was really hoping you choose leftism. I didn't think you would, but I was hoping you would um, because that's very dear to me, and I kind of need it to be in. I was hoping you pick it so I could select from my own list Illmatic from Nas just just for the hip hop representation. Okay. Um, but I think ultimately, you know, we've got to, we're always going to just lean slightly onto our own personal tastes. And with, with the lists coming from our perspective, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to get leftism into this list. You could say, well, Selected Ambient Works is kind of electronic. They're massively different. Selected Ambient Works is, is ambient and, you know, left field has kind of this much more upbeat sometimes quite techno-y sometimes quite housey world music influences just electronic production wizardry amazingness you know just a big general shout out to the to all of the hip-hop of the decade but yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna leftism is too difficult uh <laughs> leftism is too dear to my heart to leave out, to leave out. So that's my one pick from my list yeah. What about you? Well, play by Moby, just because I've got the option. And in one head, I'm trying to balance the list. And in the other head, I don't give a damn. Because, <laughs> you know, if I guess if you want an objective list, then go to Pitchfork or whatever. But this is our list, isn't it? So um, my, a list of my albums from the 90s is going to have play by Moby and it just is it was just too important to me to miss mm. out I listened to it so much and it connected me with music uh, at that age where I was forming musical connections so 
Um, yeah, that's in there. Now we've got to sort these six. We've got selected ambient works, loveless, play, dummy, what's the story, morning glory, leftism. Seeing as we, we, we do this sometimes with our tens, we put in something that's kind of a little bit intersubjective between people, everybody likes it, but we don't necessarily love it, but we do like some of the songs or appreciate it. What are you thinking about um, kicking the lift, list off with uh, What's the Story, Morning Glory? Yeah, that was going to be my thought. Yeah, because, I mean, I pushed it quite high up, trying to give it a bit of due, but now we're down to the collaborative list. I think it's fair to kick it off with that, seeing as, you know, it's an amazing album. So it makes the 10. But as as we both said, on a personal level, we don't, I don't certainly don't find myself listening to it a huge amount anymore, really. So um, there we go. No. And what nuzzles in at nine next to Oasis? Is it, uh, I mean, I'm guessing as, as Porter's head dummy was so close to being crossover, that deserves one of the highest spots to be higher yeah are we looking at are we looking at ambient works at nine you know as as a little bit of could a, be that. as a yeah. palate cleanser before we dive down could be that could be leftism could be play maybe yeah I'd like play just a teensy bit higher if that's alright sure well I mean I think I'd say yeah go with selected ambient works then yeah okay so that's, is there anything in particular you want to say about about that album? Um, I would say, I would say that not a lot of people have probably really given what you generally broadly call ambient much of a chance. Give give this album a go and put it on when you're doing life admin or you're studying or you're. Just got some tasks, ones that won't consume you, so you just won't even notice the music's on in the background. But one where you can give half of your attention to the music, um, and it just feel it pull you in. Um, it's it's quite a magical feeling, and I've I've never really I've listened to a lot of stuff like it, but nothing has ever quite. <sighs> it's difficult to explain. Nothing really pulls you in in that ambient way quite like this album so give it a go that's what i'd say it's almost like it it evokes you into a kind of meditation mind in a way yes it's like yeah as you say it it it, it's got like little mechanisms by which to require just enough attention to to listen to but not so much as to be to absorb you and yeah it's uh it's something that you know, a lot of electronic artists have done since. I mean, John Hopkins, M83. Yeah. I mean, before Aphex Twin, um, Brian Eno was doing these very cinematic, uh, electric, electronic kind of soundscapes. I guess Aphex Twin in the early 90s was pulling on that and taking it to a deeper, weirder level. But as, as Sam says, well. uh, and Moby... And it's as you say, it's 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 like a kind of meditation space by your favourite electronic artist. It's kind of a unique thing. It's nice. Yeah, Moby's ambient album was the year after, and it's a it's a brilliant album as well. 
actually. It'd be a bit like if if Muse released an album which was just Matt Bellamy playing like like gorgeous piano chords or something in a, in an, in an echoey chamber. I'd listen to that. Uh, less less whatever you're doing now, Muse, and, and more of that, please. More echoey chamber chords, please. Yeah. Right then, so we've, we've got to move down the list. Um, we are eliminating as we go down. So what would you say now? We're looking at something like, again, Portishead's going to be higher up. We're looking at, what, what would you say about Loveless by My Bloody Valentine? How high do you want that? Is that in the midriff of the list or...? That could be number eight. I, I think, yeah, I, I think that's a no. That that's a good spot for it. Yeah. Okay. And what was it about this album that was so generational, so to speak, in music? I just, I just never heard anything like it. Really, it's the, the way it's produced with. I think yeah, Colin. Colin spoke up, mentioned a couple of interesting observations on it when he was last on the podcast. Um, his funny story about how he kind of threw his copy away because he thought it was damaged, you know. And this was like, this is a big music fan kind of doing that. Like, it just people weren't expecting it uh, for a music fan to throw it away essentially because they didn't think it was working properly with this sound. But but at the same time, like, it's not. It would have been unexpected at the time for him. And he loves it now, by the way. But it's not like it doesn't get in... It, that sound doesn't get in the way like bad production would. It it actually enhances it once you understand it. You just put the volume up and the the sounds and melodies aren't obscured. They are synergetic if that's the word. Right. To achieve something quite beautiful. And very few things don't do that. Very few albums do that. And I don't think anything before that did that. <laughs> and not a great deal since. It is, a, it is a truly groundbreaking album. Okay. Brilliant. Okay, so that leaves us with Play by Moby, Dummy, Portishead, Head, Lefthill. So, some kind of more electronic uh, music here in the middle of the album. Shall we push Dummy at five? Because, as we said, it's the closest to crossover we've got. You had it at 11 on the the rim of your list, shall we say. <laughs> and then, I guess, um, Leftism, you put at four on yours. Moby, Play, I put at four on mine. So just for a little bit of um, you know alternation in the list, we'll put we can put play by Moby you know, at seven, and uh, left field can go in at six. Yeah, that's that, that's obviously great by me. I mean, play is much more well known by the wider public, but you know, like just an example of of the appeal of leftism, very specific example it was like my colleague today i was telling him like we we're recording this episode um and we were talking about some of the albums up for up for discussion and um by and large the, my f- colleague likes kind of guitar music right um punk and post-punk and things like that 
Um, just, you know, a lot of rock, straight rock from the 90s as well. Things like Rage Against the Machine, Nine Inch Nails or whatever. Um, but even with that being his kind of main music listening, his main taste, as soon as I brought up leftism, he was like, I was listening to that the other day. It's absolutely genius. You know, it's like, yeah. so it just, there's something about that album. <laughs> yes. um, you know, it's just, I love so much electronic music for, for me to say, like, it's my favourite elect- electronic album of all time. It's like, yeah, there's something there. There's something there about it's it. It's got a bit of heritage. It does deserve feel. recognition. It does. <laughs> I've already touched on it with, with Play, but um, Play was my f- first, as an 11-year-old, I think, I did buy the album. It was one of my first ever albums. <laughs> it was one of my first, if not my f- first ever I had like a little one of those rudimentary discman things that you get you know like CD player things yeah. headphones on and just the biochemical flush as a result of this deep soulful music coming from the album so that was my first exposure to that kind of like chemical reaction to music if you know what I mean and yeah and I remember, um, I remember. I think it's the last song on the album called "My Weakness." It's kind of a, I think it's, I think that's the name of the last song. It's very melancholy, very kind of ethereal. I remember just like the first time I listened to it, just being a broken bag of tears, but in a kind of <laughs> good way. I don't know how to explain it. And it was like, and we're in in terms of you know this kind of scale of electronic music uh, something that I've gone deeper into over the years obviously um, so yeah it's an album that means a lot to me side note Biochemical Blush is a great shoegaze song title <laughs> yeah or ambient shoegaze or ambient if it, if it was AFX Twin it would have to be called something like Bio Birmingham um, <laughs> Curry McElbow or something <laughs> Ah yes, that's off selected Ambient Works three, I think. So we've got the top, we've got the bottom bit portion of our list sorted into the middle, and as we enter the four slot, basically what we're looking at is we've both put Red Hot Chili Peppers in our list, but we put two albums in, two dip separate albums separated by eight years in their in our respective lists. So for this number four slot, slot there's only one space. And I guess we've got to determine which Red Hot Chili Peppers album. Is it Blood, Sugar, Sex, Mar- Magic? I always have to think about that one when I say it. Get the words in the right order. Or is it Californication? Sam, do you want to strike the first blow? Well, this is a bit like asking me to like choose which is my favourite hand. <laughs> like... I, just, I I love them both. I need both of my hands. I can't I can't I can't just select one. I can't lose the other one. I think Blood Sugar in my opinion is bearing in mind the Red Hot Chili Peppers whole existence, their whole journey, their whole evolution, their whole chronology. You know, they started in the early 80s as this kind of LA uncontrollable punk funk band and then we you know we all know what they became we don't really need to speak about that 
blood sugar is this wonderful kind of middle point where everything when when you look at it in hindsight of the whole history and evolution it just seems to be where they just managed to achieve every sound in their in their existence in this perfectly distilled way you know you've got a a song as funky as as funky monks um you've got that raw energy of suck my kiss and give it away then you've got like pop legendary a legendary pop song such as under the bridge and then tender songs such as i could have lied it's just it just sits in the middle of their of their very being <laughs> as this shining example of what they're capable of and why they are one of the most famous bands on this planet but californication of course is the one that shot them into the into the stratosphere it is the the album that that made them giants what made them superstars that they are today and that's not even you know going into songs or anything like that that's just kind of an overview of, of the situation it, it's it's look i love them i can't it, it's very difficult for me but that's my overall perspective yeah well that's an extremely well articulated point and that one thing i definitely agree with you on if i isolate some of the f- my favorite 30 seconds of songs of red hot chili peppers it's the well my my favorite 30 seconds is the opening 30 seconds of under the bridge well, there's something about that intro to a song and then the third you know the, the kind of funky bass of give it away certain elements are i absolutely love but the thing that swings it for me towards Californication is the sheer density of how many actual full-length songs and like how many times I can listen to the album through mm. and love every single song. Not to say I don't enjoy um, Blood Sugar Sex Magic as an album, but I enjoy Californication more. And listening to it now, it feels almost like a kind of there are obviously some missing, but it feels like a bit of a best of sometimes because they've got so many amazing songs on there. And looking at the Spotify views on it, just another little feather in its cap, the Spotify views on it, as you alluded to earlier with it with it being their main commercial success, like nearly all of the songs, well, at least, let's say, five of the songs are in a nine-figure listens with one uh with 1.2 billion listens <laughs> that is unbelievable nine figure listens yeah so that's most of that you know certainly the opening half of the album is pretty much nine figure listens um which says a lot of what people think but yeah i mean i don't know where that brings us um <laughs> i'm still i'm still in the californication side of things and i guess you're still in the in the sugar blood sugar sex magic side, so I'm just how happy, we gonna sort this? I'm happy a Red Hot Chili Peppers album's gonna get get into the top ten. Um, that for some reason they there are some music fans that get turned off by them. The vast majority of people at least like them, 
but then but yeah you do get some music fans who are turned off by them and whether whether it's just taste or whether some people are trying trying to be contrarian about it i i think a lot of people wouldn't wouldn't get a red hot chili peppers album in their top 10 um and i'm and i'm happy we are and i also recognize the meteoric impact of californication and i and i have to i have to also acknowledge the fact that i may never have or it might have been a much longer time for me to have come across blood sugar sex magic if californication hadn't propelled um the red hot chili peppers into my vision yeah. into my awareness so let's go californication okay okay um yeah as you say um it's difficult to think of why people would dis- actively dislike them apart from yeah you know when you hear bands be topping charts you hear the same songs on the radio you know you, um sometimes people take an aversion to that because it's very mm. ma- it seems very mainstream then all of a sudden but when you break it down as you see they came, their roots it took them a, a few albums three or four albums to properly break into the the mainstream and each of them is a master of their you know instrument or medium or whatever you want to call it this isn't just a thrown together band these guys are absolutely you know perfect musicians who who were conceived in a classic rock and roll band style of way you know mm. uh, having to graft their way into the into the it's, it's getting people's ears and um they didn't have it easy in that respect so yeah. they did it the hard way and then they absolutely capitalized with about 15 years worth of brilliant albums and just single after single after hit after hit so difficult to dislike them, I'd say, earnestly. Mm-hmm. So that brings us into our top three, and things get a little bit less congested here. We've got some nice, clean crossover. The only thing we've got to really sort is um, the order of our three and two, and we both put Nevermind in three. I put Jeff Buckley's Grace in seven you put him in two so when you made your list you you preferred grace over nevermind but when it comes to this one what do you think in terms of of the kind of proximity of crossover what are your thoughts on these albums i mean look nevermind is like this other than okay computer you know nevermind is like the biggest elephant in the room on this topic I and I actually surprised. You know, sometimes these yes, I'm I'm putting my list together, but the way it finishes is often a bit of a surprise to myself, you know, with any of these lists and it was quite I was quite surprised that I ended up putting Grace at number 2 even though I I know I love it. I just can't help but think there's no way around putting Nevermind ahead because it is the the mammoth it is. Yeah. Everybody knows it. Everybody likes it. Respected music people across the music industry will go on and on about different reasons why Nevermind is a masterpiece. And it's hard to argue with them. Grace, in a certain area of the music-loving community, is gets its due, gets its due, gets its wide recognition. But wider 
perhaps is is less known and I just can't help but think we have to put Nevermind ahead. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I think that's probably the right decision. It does make you think though, again, like these things we mentioned Jeff Buckley quite a lot in this season because of the nineties theme, but it's such a tragedy that he never yeah. got the opportunity to produce more music. That we're talking here about a one like Chili Pepper's first album, if they never got beyond that, we would never have heard of them. It's like this this guy's only existing album has had such a massive impact on music and helped influence some of our favourite artists going off into the 2000s, 2010s in their production of so much good stuff. And that was on a, his first album. You just can't help but think what what could have been. You know, it's, it's pointless thinking that way, but uh, it just brings it home. It yeah. Really, you know, massive another, tragedy. An, another aspect of that is, um, as well as the things he might have gone on to do by himself, what what collaborations yes. he would have yeah. done. Um, besides Grace, the probably my, my favourite thing that he did was a collaboration with Elizabeth Fraser from the Cocteau Twins. A t- all Flowers in Time Bend Towards the Sun, I think. It's on YouTube. I'm not sure if it's on Spotify. It's def- there's a video of it on YouTube. Uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful song. Just oh, gorgeous. So anyone who hasn't heard that, go and, go and check it out. Jeff Buckley and Elizabeth Fraser. You know, would he have done an album with her? Would he have, would he have done loads of other cool collaborations with you know people who came to the fore in the two thousands? Could he have done a collaboration with Arcade Fire or something like that? You know, like oh my god, um, would he have made cool appearances in movies? Like, would I have gone to see him in concert? It, it, yeah, it, it's um, a massive what could have been. Yeah, absolutely, but. He made a massive impact in just a small space of time, really. As, so, as did Kurt Cobain. <laughs> as did Kurt Cobain, and these guys b- both planted in our in our top ten and in the top tens of millions and millions of people across the planet. So, yeah, amazing influence on the music. So that brings us to our number one. Um, we both, I guess, knew we were both going to put this here. Difficult to argue again. Not very predictable. Not very unpredictable. Sorry. <laughs> um, so it's uh, an album that has been hailed as um, having one of the greatest impacts on music since you know prog rock and the Beatles and all this kind of stuff. It was this was the the big album of, of the decade. Uh, unexpected, divisive, massively globally popular. A real best-selling album. Have you got anything you want to add on it, Sam? I'll just say that I listened to it this week, and um, you know, I kind of listened to it going, "Come on, like, right, I'm, I'm going to listen. I'm going to like, I'm going to find a reason not to put it number one." You know what I mean? Like it was, it was, it was like a thought experiment more than anything. About thirty seconds into Airbag, I'm like, "Ah, oh, this is <laughs> this is just too good." Then you've got Paranoid Android, and you're like, "Well." You know, that's one of the best alternative songs ever written. Then Subterranean Homesick Alien. I'm like, oh yeah, you know, one point about 10 years ago, this was my favourite track on the album. This is a, this is an absolutely beautiful, amazing song. And then, 
Letdown comes on and basically makes me want to cry. No surprises. I, I discover a whole level of genius I've never really realised in No Surprises. The whole thing's just uh, just a work of art. It's just a masterpiece, and there's no point even trying to fight it, because <laughs> it just is. It just is. Yeah, if you're doing a list of top ten footballers, it's difficult to avoid talking about Lionel Messi. So, uh, you know, yeah. that sometimes this is what happens. <laughs> uh, we're massive Radiohead fans anyway. If we weren't Radiohead fans, you'd still have to, you know, consider it in your top ten just because of the weight of it, the gravity of the of the album. But um, yeah, I don't think we need to go into it too much. No. Um, but yeah, it just had a huge, a seismic impact when it came out, and I think that's one of the things that Radiohead have done better than pretty much anyone in the last thirty years is the impact of their releases. Um, Kid A yeah and other albums <laughs> I can't remember anything I can't even remember Brain was it was man. was the Benz before OK Computer it was wasn't it yeah now I've forgotten the other one I said Kid A Kid A and, and, and the Benz all impactful the first time you listen to them so Sam, that brings us to the end of our top ten list. We've created a bit of a monster here. Shall I run it through? Yeah. So, our collaborative top ten list of albums from the 1990s. In number 10, What's the Story Morning Glory by Oasis. Number 9, Selected Ambient Works 1 by Apex Twin. Number 8, Loveless by My Bloody Valentine. Number 7, Play by Moby. Number 6, Leftism by Leftfield. Number 5, Dummy by Portishead. Number 4, Californication by The Red Hot Chili Peppers. Number 3, Grace by Jeff Buckley. Number two, Nevermind by Nirvana. And number one album of the 1990s, OK Computer by Radiohead. Are you happy with that list, Sam? I love it. We were never going to make something that you read out and go, that's objectively perfect as a, as a top ten, given the, the competitive field here. Uh, but I think we achieved a nice mix and a nice balance, and I, I really like it. Have you got five or six um, honourable mentions that came close to your your ten? I know you've got more than five or six, but um, yeah, being selective, right? Um, so obviously, Ducky by Green Day um, is another giant album. Rage Against the Machine as well. And Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness by Smashing Pumpkins for rockier ones. Screaming Delica and Different Class for the, some, a couple of other Britpop ones. And then other electronic albums are like New Forms by Ronnie Size, represent um, Introducing, DJ Shadow, Blue Lines, Massive Attack. We talked about the Chemical Brothers a few episodes ago. <laughs> Colour and the Shape, Foo Fighters. 
I'm gonna stop there. <laughs> but I could I could go on and on and on, but I think those are um yeah, I think those are some of the some of the most notable. Okay. I'll run a, a couple down. Park Life by Blur. Um, that was a kind of Brit poppy album with a couple of real bangers on. Um, be difficult not to mention Bjork in this decade. Yeah, uh, yeah. Her debut album called Debut was probably my favourite album of hers. Um, we all know I like a bit of Daft Punk, Homework, uh, and Massive Attack. Mezzanine came out in '98. A couple yeah. of pop special mentions that were just flirting with my one pop uh, slot which is uh, Robbie Williams Life Through a Lens Um, he kind of launched himself into the pop stratosphere with that one and Spice World by Spice Girls as a kid uh, as a young as a kind of eight year old kid I guess I was I was wrapped up in all of the Spice World uh, um, the Spice Girls stuff and yeah you've got to say they did something real fun, energetic, and, and captured pop music at its kind of le- least annoying, I guess you'd say. <laughs> also, David Gray, White Ladder, Travis, The Man Who, mm-hmm. really nice good albums. albums. Um, again, just that feeling that there was good music coming out of all the pores at that time um, from loads of different angles. It was just a great decade for music, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, and just uh, just one more little quick shout-out to hip-hop of the decade. Like I mentioned Illmatic already, but Low End Theory by Tribe Called Quest. Wu-Tang Clan, the name name of that album I'm thinking of escapes me, but there was a, it was a massive decade for hip-hop as well. So, you know, maybe a topic we can re- revisit in the future in some capacity, but yeah. Awesome. Well, Sam, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you on this subject. And, yeah, I'm very happy with the list. I look forward to a little break, but where we can get our kind of ideas together for the next season. And I guess you will be hearing from us relatively soon as to anything that we've got coming up for season four of The Den of the Ten. Have you got any kind of favourite moments of of the season, season three? Oh, I always give this answer, I think, if I remember correctly, but I I love it when we we have guests on. I've had a great time with the guests again this season, Um, returning guests, Colin and and Matt, Um, but we've had some fantastic new guests, some fantastic new guests, such as Violet and Ian and Craig, so um, it's it's really been a pleasure. Special mention to Thomas Cox. And, And Coxie, of course, yeah. Yes, I think... Um, we had a great discussion with, with him and I think it was a, a popular discussion so yeah what about you? yeah same again I, I really enjoyed just from a, a personal perspective I mean we always enjoy adding guests to our show I really enjoyed uh, speaking to Ian about uh, Christopher Nolan films I really enjoyed our breakfast cereals bite size episode it's probably the most I've laughed in a long, long time. Couldn't breathe. And I've enjoyed the 90s theme. It's made me delve back into a decade where mm. some of the music that I listened to was 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 it embedded in, in childhood memory. 
in a kind of way that when you, you revisit it, 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 you get an emotional response that you're not, you, don't, you don't usually get from music because it's kind of buried in there so deep. Yeah. So it's been a really, really nice decade to, to look back on. Our formative decade, you could say. Yes, well put, well put, yeah. And looking forward, uh, season four, we've already got some stuff planned. We're going to plan more stuff. I think it's uh, it's an exciting time. There's going to be some really cool stuff in the next chapter in season four. Can't wait. I'll see you then, then, Sam. Until then. See you soon. Ciao. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Den of Ten podcast, a proud part of the We Made This Podcast network. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Den of Ten Pod. Support us by following, sharing, or even leaving us a lovely five-star review on your podcast provider of choice. Den of Ten is hosted by Sam Stokes and Ed G. The Den releases a new episode every Wednesday. While you wait for the next top 10 list, why not check out other We Made This content at wemadethisnetwork.com. See you next time in the den. Hi, I'm Colin. I'm Ian. And I'm Tracy. And we dig music. Just not always the same music. Each episode, we pick our 10 favourite songs from a specific year, rate them, and then battle it out over a top 30 countdown. Colin's pretty enthusiastic about most stuff, Ian less so. And Tracy definitely owns a thesaurus. And one of us will regularly be told to f*** off. <laughs> so join us each month to hear what we dig and what we don't. Listen to We Dig Music wherever you get your podcasts. Find us on WeDigPodcast.com or we're on the We Made This Podcast Network, which you can find at WeMadeThisNetwork.com. Do you like music? And do you like podcasts? Chances are you like music podcasts. Take this one, for example, Pick a Disc. I'm Matt Latham, and every fortnight a guest comes on to Pick a Disc to talk about an album for any reason that they want to. We'll talk about the, the album as a whole, we'll talk about the songs, we'll talk about any personal stories about the album, any if they've ever seen the band live, and all, all sorts of other crazy tangents. And if any point any of that made you want to listen to Pick a Disc, then you can find us on your podcast apps of choice, or on the Facebooks and Twitters and Instagram under Pick a Disc. We're also on the We Made This Podcast Network on We Made This Network and on Twitter at we underscore made this. Goodbye.